Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're so glad you're here. The, the people that edit that for the TV show, when I'm laughing when it starts, they don't like that. So they like a little more stoic, but that was funny. Um, we had a little technical glitch going in, so now I've explained it. Hopefully that'll work. And uh, there you go. What are you going to do? Life. Things happen. We... Um, we are in a series on the church, and I, I love to talk about the church. Um, I, and, you know, it's one of my favorite topics, along with Jesus and uh, all the other good stuff in the Bible, and so um, I'm enjoying the series. I hope you're, you're, you're getting nuggets out of it for yourself. I think we've covered some important stuff so far about the church. Uh, we're going to uh, finish up our discussion today on fellowship, and then over the next couple of weekends, we'll have messages tuned into Christmas um, because we're in that season and it's a great time to talk about all that that means. And then when we uh, are done with that, we'll move back into our discussion on the church for uh, three or four weeks. And then we'll be winding that down and I have a brand new series coming up that I'm uh, already prepping for and looking forward to. And so we'll move into that in the new year. But right now we're talking about the church. I've said this now for 10 weeks. Um, the church, whenever you read about the church, it's always about people. Either the believers from the time of Jesus till now or... Um, specific people and you know group of people in a specific place believers there that's the church the church is always people and the reason I continue to bring that up to you is I'm, I'm hoping that will impact the way you think a little bit um, and the way you perceive things around you it's very easy for us to sort of compartmentalize church into something that we do like an event or an activity but um, that's not the reality. The reality is you're the church. You're the church all the time, 24-7. As believers in Christ, you are the church. It's about people. And so when we come together and gather, we're the church gathered corporately. Um, but when you leave, you're still the church. You're just as much the church out there as you are in here. You're the church all the time. And um, I, I'm hoping that resonates with all of us. And it should make us think a little bit about how we proceed through life. We are the church and uh, it's a big deal. Um, because it's about people, it's about our relationships as well. And um, I've been talking about our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of God, and our relationship with the future people of God. And that these, um, all of these are developed in the context, I believe, as the church in, um, in the areas of worship. We talked about being a worshiping community. Discipleship, we've talked about that. Right now, we're talking about fellowship in particular, and when we, when we finish up, we'll be talking about mission. And that um, this is uh, all-encompassing, and I believe it's, you know, it's grounded very well in Acts 2. We see what the church was all about, and we're, we're trying to um, uh, move into that as our sort of guide for how this all comes together and keep us on track as to what really matters and what's important and what our mission truly is. So all of these things are taking place as we move forward. So right now we're talking about fellowship, and I, I define fellowship as believers in Christ coming together in unity, love, and humility to mutually support and encourage one another. And so, so far we've talked about unity, and we've talked about love, and this week we're going to talk about humility. And, and we've also been using the one another verses that are, um, we find in the New Testament because they're really good verses. And when we talk about uh, this idea of fellowship, how we're to treat one another uh, and, and encourage one another and pray for one another and love one another and the things that we've been talking about so far. Um, so today we're going to talk about humility. 
Now that's the intro. Transition, I always have a bad joke or something. I have some sort of bad humility quotes that I thought you would like to hate along with me. Um, what the world needs now is more geniuses with humility. There are so few of us left. Some guy wrote that. I didn't, I didn't write that. Phyllis Diller said this, you know what keeps me humble? Mirrors. That's good, right? Ted Turner. He said, if I only had a little humility, I would be perfect. This, Helen, Helen Nielsen. Humility is like underwear, essential, but indecent if it shows. That's all I got. Scripture reading, here on purpose. Colossians 3, 12 through 17, Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitudes in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So... Um, a discussion on humility, I think, is, is um, really kind of interesting. The, um, the reality is, as I, as I prepare for this discussion, you know, I want to make sure that um, there's, there's actually a, a possibility in speaking about humility to come off as not having much humility. And uh, it's kind of tricky the way you do it. Uh, and, and, um, or to, to sort of present a false humility, which is just as bad um, as a lack of humility. And so, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time praying about um, perhaps how to approach it, and I still might um, come off one way or the other, and, and I don't want to, but it's, it's certainly a possibility. Um, uh, it reminds me, I read this story one time about a preacher who thought he had an excellent sermon on humility, but he was waiting for a bigger crowd to preach it. It's humility jokes, not... Or there's this, there was this pastor who was just sort of walking through the church and, and, and uh, he just was sort of overwhelmed by the, you know, the, the awesomeness of God and he, he fell to his knees and he started crying out, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And the, the, one of the elders saw him doing that and he, he also, he fell down to his knees by the pastor there and he started crying out as well, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And then the janitor was in the back and he saw this and he falls down to his knees and he cries out, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And the... The held elder taps on the pastor and he said, look who thinks he's nothing now. Nothing. I got nothing. I'm not going to use that one again. That was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's out. It was better earlier today. It may, it's actually an old Jewish tale and I sort of changed it and I probably should have left it alone and told it that way. We'll try it again in the morning. Colossians 3.12 So chosen by God for this new life of love 
Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. So we're to be a people of humility, a gentle people. But in our culture, this is getting more and more difficult. We, we don't seem to, uh, our culture really isn't gentle anymore. And somehow the idea of humility and gentleness um, is often perceived as a sign of weakness. And, and then in our culture, we often tend to see being right as giving us the right to behave badly or to manipulate or to be rude or to be offensive. And, and these are all things that, that we are not to, um, you know, grab a hold of, especially as we relate to one another in the body of Christ and with the world around us. And, and we see true humility modeled in the life and ministry of Jesus um, because he cares for the lost. Uh, he he you know, goes out of his way to speak to the down and outers, the broken, the sick. We see that all over the place. He, he sees them. You know, so often we miss those, that, that what's going on around us, but he sees them, he brings the kingdom to them, and he shows them how they may enter. So he's the picture of humility and gentleness in a broken world. And he also, you know, he taught his disciples this idea of humility as he washed their feet at the Last Supper. We've talked about that. And, and so he's bringing this to them as this importance about how they're to treat one another, how they're to care for one another. And, and uh, this idea of humility is extremely important in the body of Christ. And so, you know, I, I thought what I would do to sort of help us with that is, is come up with some questions that we can ask ourselves so that we can sort of take a look at how we're doing in the process and, and what humility and gentleness sort of look like in practical ways. And so I, I've got a few questions that I hope will help stimulate our thinking on the subject. First one is this, point number one in your notes, how do you treat people? How do you treat people? And we'll extend this in the future to um, future believers in the Lord, but how do you treat believers in the Lord? How do you treat other believers? How do you treat people when you're here? Um, what does that look like? Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. We talked about that. A kindly affection um, with uh, you know, our precious family in Christ. And honor one another above yourselves. That's the idea of humility. It doesn't mean you don't care about yourself. That's not what it's saying. But that we're to honor others in this process. And we're to, we're to care about other people um, in this whole thing. And so um, this, this love, Paul tells us, is to be sincere. And, and um, uh, it, we, it needs to be honoring to the people around us. Which I think brings up more questions. You know, when we started with that one, how do you treat people? Um, are people just part of the scenery and machinery of your life? Even when you come in here, um, do, you, do you see what's going on? Um, do, you, do you take note of who's sort of making sure that you're settled and comfortable and do you honor those people? Or are they just kind of part of the process of your moving through whatever you're doing in life? Because I think if we don't see it here, we're going to miss it out there when we, when we start trying to reach out to the future people of the Lord and and you know in our minds are we so sort of trained to just sort of think of these people as people that make our lives work and if there's a problem or something seems to take too long um, these people catch our frustration and our edge uh, and and um, uh, 
You know, there's something about frustration that's, you know, I, I've told you in this as we look at this, a lot of these things teach me, uh, you know, if you, if you will allow them, the Spirit of God will use them to teach you to help you grow, and I, I think they're very valuable that way. Frustration is one of those things. When you're starting to feel frustrated, you really need to take a look at why. And um, if, if you're frustrated with the people that you're with, the reality is at that point, your relationships are pretty much more about you than them. And it's a great sort of tool to look at and go, you know what, why am I frustrated? What's going on here? And, and why am I sort of in this place where that's happening? And a lot of it's just conditioning and we, we sort of overvalue sometimes um, our time and what's taking place. And so things frustrate us and start to pick away at us and cause us to be unkind to people that we should be kind to. And so when you feel frustrated, I think it's a really good thing to take a deep breath and sort of refocus. And ask God to start to, te- you know, Lord, Lord, would you start to teach me about what's going on? What's pushing my buttons right now? What's causing me to feel this frustration? Because I, I don't want to act on it, and I don't want to treat people in a way that they shouldn't be treated, particularly in the body of Christ, but also in the world around me. I don't want to just have people melt into the scenery and machinery of my lives. I want to see them the way that you do, God, as, as people that you created, whom you love, who you care for. And particularly, you know, after being, uh, you know, the admonishment that Paul gave us last week about this, this idea of this kindly affection for our precious brothers and sisters in Christ, that this is really something important. He surrounds us with this sincerity that our love should be and this idea of honoring one another in the process. And so um, all of this is, the, and, and really the idea of fellowship is tied into the idea that it's just not all about us. It's not all about me. It's all about him. And then as we allow it to be about him, it becomes about others. And then he takes care of us, which is a much better deal than we could ever get to. And so this, this idea of frustration, I think, is really key. If you don't get anything else, um, kind of dwell on that. What is it that causes you to get frustrated and why? And in people things, that's something we can really look at about how we're valuing who in relationships and what really matters and asking God to help us. Now, other things can frustrate us, and that's different. Um, like, have you ever had a piece of tape stuck to your finger? <laughs> that you couldn't get rid of? If you ever, and every time you pull it off, it gets on another finger? Does anybody else ever... You ever have a, a sticky, a, like a sticker? Like, like an apple sticker? The, the stickers on those apples make me a little insane. Now, and I think that's just reasonable. <laughs> but I'll take it off, and then, it'll be, and then I'll try and get it and, it, and and then it won't throw away. And you ever do this? And I'm holding the apple, and so you've got to let the apple go. And it, Anyway, it's a little thing. Oh, I was thinking about this too. So, this is another good frustration test. At least it's been for me. Um, how do you do with customer service on the phone? Uh, you know, just recently I had, to, I had to talk to somebody in customer service and I really work at, at being kind. I really do because I know I, have, I can have an edge and I don't want the edge to show. I just don't want it to show. And I was explaining to this very nice person the situation and, and, um, and they, they just couldn't agree with my take on it. And I know it made sense. So I explained it a couple of times, kindly, and it just wasn't going to change. I was being, you know, when you're being scripted by somebody, somebody was on script with me. And I was like, okay, I'm just, because I could feel it. I'm like, no, it just doesn't, I don't want to do it. Could, is there someone else? Is there, is there a manager, someone I can talk to? Because I really, 
just, I need someone to sort of go off script with me. And then they bumped me up to a manager and had a pleasant conversation. We talked about grandchildren and she changed everything needed to change. It was very nice. But in, there's been times in my past as a believer when I wouldn't have dated, I would have just gone off. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. But I would have demanded, I would have gone crazy. One, one time, um, and this is, what, this is where the, the lesson began. I was, well, my, my mother-in-law lived with us for a season and she had a bank up in Michigan and I was having to deal with a lot of her stuff. And this bank was not doing what they should have been doing as far as I'm concerned. It kept charging her for something they shouldn't have charged her for. And um, I, I just lost it and on the phone and it didn't go well. Anyway, the next time I called... Um, immediately I was sent to somebody else and they said, oh yeah, you've been flagged as being difficult on the phone. And I wanted to go, hmm. I'm glad they didn't call me Pastor Laws at that moment. That's the worst. <laughs> so, you know, what is it that causes us to be frustrated? Sometimes it might even be the legitimate reasons, but taking it out on somebody is, is just, it doesn't, it's not effective. And so, um, you want to be careful of that, particularly in the body. Are you getting frustrated with someone? Why? And, and then really think about that. I think it's really important on fellowship that we, we deal with that. Point two, how do you handle what you know or think you know? Romans 12, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. How about that? That's pretty tough. Don't be wise in your own opinion. I think we have to ask ourselves all the time, are we teachable? Um, or do we think we have everything pretty much figured out? Um, do, do we have an opinion about pretty much everything that we feel compelled to interject at all points in time? Do, you, um, do we think it's important to always prove ourselves right? Do, you, do we ever stop and consider that we might be wrong? I think it's really helpful and healthy to challenge some of that stuff sometimes um, in our own lives. Uh, What's more important to you, proving that you're right or trying to see where somebody else is coming from? It's a big deal um, because it's, it's in most situations, it's really trying to get where people are coming from. One of these, um, you know, apologists are people who defend the faith. And one of the guys that I watched er really earlier, uh, er a couple of weeks ago doing it was so good because you could tell he cared for the person who was coming after him. And, and there was someone who, claiming to be an atheist, was coming after him. And he was so lovingly just trying to find out where he was so he could speak to him. It was really good. It wasn't about proving that he was right. It was just about speaking into him. And I, I really appreciate that. You, can we walk hand in hand with someone even if we don't see eye to eye? Um, can we disagree and still maintain relationship? These are all pretty important things. And a third, um, uh, and this, where is your focus? Uh, in life. Jesus said, fascinating, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, and it, you could just apply all that to, to, to money and stuff, but it, it goes beyond that. Um, you know, it's, it's, what do you treasure? And, and, uh, do you treasure eternal things more than temporal things or do you treasure temporal things more than eternal things? Because if our treasures are temporary, um, we're going to miss the best stuff in life. Um, because the reality is all that we have that continues with us are our relationships. Our relationship with God and our, our relationship with other people in relationship with God, that's what's eternal. 
And yet we're often so consumed by things that are so temporary that we, we miss out on, on what's most important. And I, I just feel like um, this idea of fellowship in the body of Christ is such an amazing, wonderful dynamic that God gives us to help and encourage one another. And it's something that we'll be doing um, throughout eternity that we want to make sure that we're not missing the, the, uh, the wonder of it all and, and how we're to support, encourage, and bless one another. And so I think these are um, areas that we can all really sort of practice and ask God to help us with. And, and you know, um, when it, think about what frustrates you and, and ask God to start catching you in your frustration. You know, just like I said, you know, if you're starting to feel that thing where you sort of get rude to people last week, ask God to catch you there and then show you what's going on. He's really good about doing that. And he'll do this as well. And, and this idea then of gentleness and humility and, and, and uh, we can be yielded to the spirit of God in it. And he helps us to keep the focus off of us and onto him, which keeps us out of the, the, you know, the trap that the enemy would set forth, which is that trap of pride and thinking, you know, it is about us and we're, we're you know, the, the world revolves around us and there's no life to be found there. In James chapter 4, 6 and 7, it says this, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, so we have this opportunity uh, to, um, you know, ask God to continually help us to walk in a true humility, not a false humility, not a something that, you know, we put on and act, you know, humble, but, but it just begins to come from our heart and that we, are, we deal in the reality of the places where we're still stuck and ask God to begin to change us, and he will, you know, places where, where we realize we're getting frustrated, places where um, people have sort of just sort of faded off into the machinery and scenery of our lives, and that should never be, and, and uh, to give us, you know, um, a place for um, understanding and listening to people and not always being on, you know, project, project, but, but on receive as well, not on broadcast, and and caring about where they're coming from and trying to learn where they come from sometimes and not having to be right all the time or, or at least, you know, having to prove yourself right but being settled enough in who you are that it was okay, you know, to have for someone else to have an opinion that, that's different than yours uh, and that you could still love them anyway and, and encourage them and bless them. You don't have to agree with them with the, to encourage and bless them. Um, but all these things, I think, are very helpful in the process and, and really focusing on the eternal more than the temporal that uh, it's in these things that we begin to find life. So, so that's where we're at in our discussion on fellowship. Uh, and as I said, we'll spend the next couple of weeks talking about Christmas and all that that means. And then we'll, we'll move on into um, being a people of mission. And really then we'll talk about our relationship with the future people of God. But um, that's enough for you to think about this week. Just practice on your frustration levels and see where that takes you. So we're good. If you're watching uh, on television or by video, thank you so much. We appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer or anything, you can go to our website. There's a prayer page there. Let us know. We'd love for you to visit sometime. If you're in the area, come and see us. And uh, God bless you. We'll see you soon.